Didn't these guys do a great job today? Thank you. You can be seated. Happy Mother's Day. You know, um, it's nice during the music to have a little time off. And everybody's like, Raina, you get to take the day off today. Well, not really. (laughs) Um, Because they asked me to share. And um, so it's my honor and privilege to to get to share with you today. And I hope that something um, that I say this morning will resonate with you and be something you can take home and apply to your lives. And um, I do recognize, we all know, that Mother's Day and holidays like this, they bring out different feelings and different ones of us. Um, You know, there's certainly something to celebrate in all of our moms here, but, you know, I want to acknowledge that some of us come to this with sadness. Maybe we're missing our moms this morning. Um, Maybe, you know, it's been part of your struggle that you want to be a mom. And I recognize those things, that we all come at this from different places, and um, just know that God knows your heart this morning. He knows your story, and um, he loves you, and uh, he has grace for you today. So um, I actually want to talk to you a little bit about stories today. I love a good story. I love to read. Um, I like old books that are like kind of set in the past. I don't know. They take me to another place. I really love to read and I love to watch a good movie, especially if they have a British accent, wear big hats and like flowy dresses. I'm all about those kinds of things. (laughs) Which now in a house where my house, I have, I'm the only female in my house. You can imagine that goes over like a lead balloon. Nobody else in the house wants to watch them with me. So I usually kind of have to find a place on my own. You know, it's okay. I'm good with that. Um, But I want to talk to you a little bit about stories because we know that what makes a good story are the people in the stories. Um, I I like characters who aren't one-dimensional. I like to read about characters who are flawed and have struggles and have things that they have to face and um, come through that adversity. That's what makes a good story to me. And you know what? Each and every one of us in here, we have a story to tell. We all have a story, Um, the story that has been told in our past, but the story that's being written even right now, today where we are, and is going to continue to be written into the future. And um, I just want to talk to you about that for a few minutes. I have a picture I want to show you. Uh, Can you put one of me and my grandmothers? This is me, my brother Dustin, who's here today, and my sister Kelly, and you can see that they are the life of the party. I'm kind of the the fuddy-dud in the bunch. They tell me I'm the fun ruiner and all of that. They, they bring the fun to the house. <laughs> and, uh, but these are my grandmothers, our grandmothers. Um, right here on my left, your right, is my grandma Esma. That's my dad's mom. And over here on my right and your left is my grandmother, my mom's mom. Her name is Marion. And um, actually, both of these ladies have gone on to be with the Lord just in the past 10 years. Um, so we miss them today. Mother's Day definitely brings up those feelings of loss for us um, in our family. But I want to take some time, though, to share a little bit of their legacy that they left to us and things that they passed on to me. Um, if I think about my grandma Marion, my mom's mom over here in blue, um, She, for my entire childhood, lived in Savannah, so um, whenever I wanted to come visit her, I I was just up the road, kind of in the pooler area, and when we wanted to visit, I would just ride um, to my grandma's house, and she always had something she could feed us, 
always. I never went to that lady's house that there was not something good to eat. She was an amazing cook. And I can say that all the women, and probably the men too, in our family strive to cook like Grandma Marion. I think it involves throwing a stick of butter in everything, pretty much. But, but um, my grandmother could cook like no one else. And um, now my mom, I will say, she is stepping right into her footsteps and is a wonderful cook as well. But um, yes, she is. Something else I will say about my grandma Marion that she left for me is her love of pretty things. Like, I just love to go to my grandma's house. She always had pretty decorations out. Whatever the season was, she changed it out. Um, She smelled good. My grandma just had all the lotions and powders. She just always smelled good. She had pretty jewelry and pretty shoes, and I wear the same size shoe that my grandma wore, and so I would go to her house and try her shoes on and usually leave with a pair of them because <laughs> she would, she had great taste, and in fact, some of you ladies were asking me about my ring earlier. Um, my grandmother had this giant white leather jewelry box that sat in the corner of her bedroom, and I would go in that bedroom, and I liked to go through her jewelry and just look at it because it was like antique stuff. It was really pretty. And when I was in high school, I found a spoon ring, and it engraved on it. It, had, it was actually the brand name of the spoon, um, and it had the year it was made and everything. I loved it. And I wanted that spoon ring, and so my grandmother gave it to me. And I wore it every day for probably 20-something years until recently I lost it. And it almost broke my heart. Well, this one on my hand, though, my mom, she had this ring. And because she's so sweet and she knew I was missing it, she gave me this one. And so now I wear it in place of it. And I just, I can think of all the shopping trips my grandmother would take me on. I would go to Savannah, and we knew she was going to hop in the car and take us somewhere to a store. Um, She would take us shopping for Easter dresses. I remember one year, I don't know, it was probably third, fourth grade. She took us to JCPenney, and I picked out a pink, some kind of pink lacy dress, and I just loved it. She said, you're so pretty. And um, I remember my sister and I, right before Easter Sunday, were on the front porch of a, on our front porch swing, turned around backwards. I don't know what we were doing, but the whole thing toppled over on us. We landed on our faces and got giant scratches up the side of our face, and that's how we went to church Easter Sunday, in our dresses with giant scrapes on our faces. But my grandma still said, you're so pretty. She just always uh, was in our corner and made us feel so good about ourselves. My grandma Esma, um, I grew up, again, like I said, in the Pooler area, and we owned property there that my grandparents did, and we had horses. There were probably 20 or 30 horses that they would lease out to people, and they boarded them on their property. And we actually had a dirt path, a curvy dirt path, that went between our house to my grandmother's house. There was a windmill And we called this dirt path the lane, and we would go down the lane to Grandma's house. I mean, does that sound like a storybook or what? I mean, it's like a fairy tale. But that is how I grew up, just down the lane from Grandma Esma's house. And any time I went to Grandma's house, she was so intentional about wanting to make sure that the things she did with us were memorable and that they carried meaning. Um, she would bake cakes with us, and she wasn't just going to bake the cake herself. She wanted us in there dumping the flour in and mixing things up and just making a mess in the kitchen. Um, she taught me how to cross-stitch and embroider. Uh, she taught me how to plant plants. She would keep jug, uh, gallon jugs of milk, uh, well, not with the milk in it, just the empty jugs, and she would fill them with plant food. It was blue. I remember that, and I had to 
following my grandmother around with those plant jugs, giving each plant she pointed to a little bit of water. (laughs) And that was my job. My grandmother took me to get my first library card at the public library. And then um, years later, when she died, um, I got a phone call from my aunt and uncle saying, you know, Raina, we opened a safety deposit box, and there was something in there from Grandma for you. And I forgot that in 1985, she had taken me to the bank because I got straight A's on my report card, and she got me a savings bond when fully mature is $50. Now, this happened because I was the oldest Um, grandchild on her side of the family. So usually they would start traditions that they never kept up. She was going to do it every year if we all got um, straight A's. Well, I think she just forgot after that. And so um, I haven't cashed it in, and maybe some of you banker people can tell me, because I'm worried that if I do that I'll have to give up the savings bond or it'll change it in some way, and I'd rather just have it with her name printed on it. So I've just kept it, and um, I keep it framed in my house. But my grandmother's passed on so much more to me than just physical gifts. I have keepsakes. I have things that I look at and I remember them. But more than that, I remember their spirit and I remember their heart. Um, The unconditional love I felt from those ladies that I knew no matter what I had done, that they were going to have a big hug for me. And and they just loved me so much. And like I said earlier, um, my mom has also stepped um, right into some of her mom's shoes and, and taken that on. And um, I've got a picture of us with my mom. This is me and my sister Kelly. Again, I told you she's the life of the party. I thought this picture just shows us perfectly because I'm kind of like, what is going on here? <laughs> she's grinning. I love that picture. But my mother, she's here today. Don't worry, mom. I told you I was not going to embarrass you. Um, my mom is the glue of our family. She is the absolute glue of our family. If I have something good happen in my life, and you want somebody to to cheer, if I want somebody to cheer for me, I'm going to call my mom, and she will be as happy or more happy than I am about whatever it is I'm facing. If I'm angry or mad about something, call my mom. She's going to be mad too. (laughs) She is... She always gives me whatever response I need at that moment. My mom is there with that. And she just, yeah, she is just the glue for us. I, talking about um, going to my grandma's and leaving with things, I went to my mom's last weekend, left her house with a shirt, two pairs of shoes, a canister for my sugar, and a can opener. <laughs> and she just had all of those things and sent them on with me, and I so appreciate that. But... You know, beyond anything else that my mom has passed on to me, I would have to say that the number one person who has been the most instrumental in my faith as a believer and as a Christian is my mom. My mom had me at a young age, and she faced a lot of challenges early on in hers and my dad's marriage. And she could have made any number of decisions to deal with what she was confronted with and what she was facing. But the decision that my mom made was to get us into church and to be there. And she knew she needed to lean on the Lord. And um, she has sat and told me that story before. She's like, I didn't know what else to do. So I turned to the place that I knew I needed strength. And I just remember at an early age going to church. And at some point, I don't know exactly when it was. I'm not one of these people who has like this 
specific salvation moment where I can tell you, you know, on this date, I gave my heart to Jesus. I don't know exactly what, when that was for me. I just know I grew in my faith and somewhere along the way, it became real for me. And I remember when I was about 11 years old that I went to youth camp actually. And, um, just, I remember being in the altars and pouring my heart out. And then I would go home and I was that kid. I wanted to be at church every time the doors were open. And I'm sure there were days that my mom was tired and would have liked to have stayed home, but she got in the car and she drove me to church because that's where I wanted to be. And so, you know, I am just so thankful for my mom and um, just the godly heritage that she has instilled in all of her kids. And um, thank you. (laughs) Love you, mom. So that brings me to a passage in Timothy, and this is kind of where my um, thoughts went. This is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 4. And in these words, actually, I guess we're starting in verse 3. <laughs> these are um, Paul's words to Timothy. And Timothy was a young man that Paul kind of took under his wing as his protege, and, and they traveled um, around ministering to people together. And Paul's words to Timothy were, I thank God whom I serve, as my forefathers did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, fear, some translations say, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. And I know some say sound mind. And the part that really jumped out to me about this was that he said he was reminded of Timothy's sincere faith that first lived where? In his mother and in his grandmother. He mentions those ladies. That faith lived in them before it lived in Timothy. And I don't know where you are today in your walk with Jesus. I don't know what challenges that maybe you have faced or feel like you are facing. But today, one of my first points is that you should not discount your story. Don't discount your story. No matter what it is that you're facing, God can take all the experiences in your life. Sometimes it can be things as simple as having I rode horses when I was younger and um, ended up going to youth camp and working at youth camp and helping kids ride horses at camp. Um, It could be something very small um, that God can use it when we give it to him to connect with other people. It can lead you into conversations with, with people where you're able to share his grace, where you're able to share what's on your heart with him. So don't discount your story. Sometimes we think our stories are too ordinary you know, I, I thought that today, honestly, as I was sharing um, with you guys, I was like, my life, I'm kind of boring. You know, I'm like, I'm a mom, I'm a teacher, I have grandmas and sons, you know. But don't discount your story because God can use it. Sometimes we think we don't measure up. We look at other people and we think that they've got something we don't. They're smarter than we are. They're more talented than we are. You know, whatever that might be. Maybe you feel your story's too different. Maybe you feel that it doesn't fit with what everybody else around you um, is. Or maybe you are worried that you won't be understood if you share. And it makes you scared. 
Beth Moore says it like this. You are a creative blend of all your main influences mixed in with your God-given uniqueness. God can take those things, and when we let him in the mix, and we let his Holy Spirit empower us, he can bring it together and use it in a mighty way that is greater than we ever imagined in our stories. So I want you to think, recognize what is it that God has already given you. Look at the passage again in Timothy. He said, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. It's already there. It's in you. If you are a believer, fan that into flame. What do you already have? I don't know about you guys. This is probably mostly the ladies here. Maybe some men do it. Have you ever walked into your closet, stood there, looked at your clothes, and thought, I have nothing to wear? Anybody? I mean, sometimes I walk in my closet. I'm like, I probably couldn't cram another shirt on the rack if I wanted to. <laughs> and, but I'm standing there thinking, I have, I, I have nothing to wear. I can't find anything. I have even gone as far on a special occasion, like a wedding or something, to go out, go shopping, buy a new dress that I think I'm going to feel great in, and end up wearing something I already had in my closet because it felt better than what I had just bought. Think about it. <laughs> Think about it. We already have what we need. We already have it. In 2 Peter 1.3, it says, His divine power has given us everything. I'll let her get there. There it is. So 2 Peter 1.3, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. What do you already have? You already have it. God's already given it to us. What has he given us? He's given us his word. He's given us the power of his Holy Spirit. And he's given us all of those life experiences. You know, I think about going to my mom's house and finding a shirt she already had that she's willing to just pass right along to me. What do you already have? Who are the people God has already placed in your life? Maybe it's a son or a daughter. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a coworker, Maybe it's students. You know what? We all have people in our sphere of influence that we can um, speak into. And God has given us what we need. We just need to tap into that. We've got to avail ourselves of it. And so many times, we're right here in the present. You know, we're, here we are today. And today is all we have. You realize that? Today is all we have that we can do anything with. We have the past. We have all of our life experiences. We have all the things that make us who we are, and it's there. We bring that with us. And we know that what we do today is going to impact the future, correct? Right? But I can't go back to the past. I can't change anything there. And I can't already put myself in the future. I have no idea what's going to happen, even tomorrow. I can guess. But all we have is today today. That's where we are. And so what can we do with that? We need to be present. We need to be present. Be intentional with our time, how we spend it. You know, I think I was, I said this earlier too, and Ryan, you still probably don't remember it. We went to a Catalyst conference once in Atlanta, and I remember this. Their theme was be present. And they had all of these people walking around in bee costumes carrying presents. 
were just walking around. They weren't saying anything. They were just walking around. I've told him, he's like, I don't remember that. Maybe I, I might have dreamed it. I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing to dream about. So, uh, But think of that. It, you know, maybe you need to print out a picture of a bee with a present. And, you know, put it up in your house somewhere. Remind yourself, be present. Show up to things. Show up when, when there's a birthday party you're invited to. Show up to the Bible study. Go, you know, when you're invited to something. Be there. You know, it makes a difference. Show up whether you think it's going to be worth your while or whether it, you think it's going to be a waste of time. <laughs> be there. Um, obviously, in the moment, what else do we need to do? We need to be mindful of our thoughts. We need to be thinking about what, what is on my mind here. Because we have an enemy we have someone who would love to render us ineffective in the present. And how does he do that? By putting thoughts in our mind that are not true, by making us try to believe things about ourselves that are not true. And what do we have to do with that? We've got to take those thoughts captive, and we've got to make them obedient to Christ. That's what the Bible tells us. If God put, if, if a thought comes in your mind just because it's there, doesn't make it true. I'm going to say that again. Just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's true. Have any of you ever been guilty of thinking that everything that comes in your brain, well, it must be true because I'm feeling this way, I'm thinking this. No, just because you have a thought doesn't make it true. And you've got to check with God's word. You've got to look back and see, is this true about what God is wanting me to know about myself? Speak to those people in your life that you know are also seeking God. Those are the people that can help you judge whether something is true or not. Um, I know I have people I go to. My mom is definitely one of them. My husband, my sisters. And I just want, I want people to be able to speak truth into my life. I, I, I think about this all the time because I'm an overthinker. I've said if I, if there were an Olympic award for overthinking, I think I could be the winner because I am constantly in my head just mulling over things. Shouldn't have said that. I wonder why I said it that way. I sh I, maybe I shouldn't have done that. wonder what they're thinking of me right now. They probably think that I'm weird or I shouldn't have said that. Oh, my goodness. And it really can just render me ineffective in that moment. You know, it can keep me from speaking out. It can keep me from being who God is asking me to be at that time. So what do we have to do? In this moment, we've got to be intentional with our time. We've got to be mindful of our thoughts and making sure that we're surrendering to him. And then when we have got those thoughts under control, we've got to take action. John Acuff says it like this. The antidote to overthinking isn't more thinking. The antidote is action. You've got to start acting on that. If you think something or you want your family to be a certain way, if you are wanting certain things in place in your life, you've got to take action. <laughs> And, um, and I'm trying so hard to be more mindful of that in my own life and just to recognize, um, you know, what I need to do better and how I can um, use my time well. The last thing here is that we want to know what are those things we want to pass on to those in our sphere of influence. And I say that because it's not necessarily just our children. You know, it, it, just the people that you come in contact with daily. Who, what is it that you want to pass on to those people? And um, if you'll put, Faith, if you'll put that picture of uh, me and my boys up there 
Again, I picked all the silly pictures today, I think. It, it is hard sometimes to get them to be serious, to take a picture. And I thought, you know, that is my life in a nutshell right there. <laughs> These two guys are everything. They are my world. Um, and I, I'm sure that I'm embarrassing them, but they know that. And I asked Kobe if I could share this story. Because, you know, even in trying to be intentional and in trying to do the right things, we're going to make mistakes. We are still going to mess up. And I think back to um, one of the years when Kobe was in elementary school. And he was at the school right next door to mine. I teach second grade. And so sometimes I, I'm busy. I, I'll just be honest. I've got a lot going on. And, and I try to keep up with everything. And I want to be there. And I'm trying to be intentional. But sometimes I'm just tired. <laughs> and one, uh, there was... It was the last day of school one year, and my class was having class parties. Parents were coming in, and, you know, I'm, I'm in teacher mode. I was trying to be the hostess and trying to get through those parties and totally and completely forgot that my son was having a class party next door that I was supposed to be attending as the parent. And my principal is wonderful to let us go and be there. You just have to get someone to cover your class and then go. And I forgot. And I was walking my class into the lunchroom, having them um, be seated at the table. And I don't know what triggered it, but I suddenly remembered, oh, Kobe's party. And I look at my watch, and it is almost over. And I just panicked. And one of my good friends, one of my coworkers saw me, and, and I told her what happened. She said, go, 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 go. I've got your class. We, we have it. And I ran. I took off out of that building, ran down the sidewalk, ran and got, had, got a name tag, got checked in really fast, you know, flashed my school ID. Please let me in, let me go. And when I ran down to his class, I walk in there, and there's still parents. They're milling around, and, you know, they're, they're doing their thing. And there in the middle of the class was Kobe sitting there. And Kobe is my happy-go-lucky fellow. He wasn't teary-eyed. He wasn't upset. But I, I could tell, you know, he was missing me being there. And he had won the Honest Abe Award from his teacher. I remember that. He got a little certificate, yes. I'm very proud of him for that. And when I walked in, there he was. And when he saw me, his face lit up. And I ran over and hugged him. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry, Kobe. I, I meant to be here. I, I was apologizing. You guys, he forgave me instantly. He, was, he instantly forgave me. Now, he doesn't know this. He probably could have gotten whatever he wanted that day from me. <laughs> Ice cream, a new phone, I don't know. But um, instead, I checked him out of school early, and he came over to my house. <laughs> he came over to my uh, classroom and sat with me the rest of the day. And I say that to tell you this, ladies, we live in a day and age where people want to put their highlight reel all over. You know, we, we, we put our best face forward when we're putting things on Facebook and what we share with people. People aren't sharing those stories <laughs> where they forgot their kid's party, okay? But it happens. We are all, we're real, you know? And if we want to pass on a sincere faith to our kids, we've got to be sincere. And sometimes that means, I am sorry. I blew it. And you know what? They're quick to forgive. They are. My oldest son, Cannon, is 16, and he will be taking his driver's test very soon. So watch out. Um, I am the one sitting in the passenger side, holding on to the handle with dear life. He has literally, literally squealed onto 144 time or two. We went squealing through the roundabout once or twice. Am I right, Cannon? He's getting so much better, though. He really is. 
so we, this is where we are right now in life, you know, and I've always heard the saying that the days are long, but the years are short, and it is really starting to make sense to me now. I remember when my boys were little, and Ryan was working long hours, and I'd be home with them, and I was so tired. (laughs) When is your dad coming home? I just want to hand over the babies. I'm tired, you know. I remember those days, and I know that one day, this, right now, this phase I'm living in is also going to be a memory. And so we have got to make the most of the moments that we have. We've got to make the most of it. I see that they both, I'm not very tall, I know this, but they both passed me in height. And they're growing so fast. And um, I just want to make sure that they know beyond anything else, that all the things I don't do right, maybe the gourmet meals I don't cook and the fussing I do to pick up your shoes and everything else, that mom loves you unconditionally. And going back to 2 Timothy, and I'm going to get ready to wrap up with this. Trent, if you want to come on. Going back to 2 Timothy, where it says... The sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm also persuaded now lives in you. Guys, if we are going to pass along a sincere faith to our children, it's first got to live where? It's got to live here. It's got to live in us. Now, I know there are always exceptions to the rule. There are always people that find him later in life. But you know what? What if, what if we live out a sincere faith on a daily basis in front of our kids? And once again, I'll say it, sincere doesn't mean perfect. Sincere isn't that. You know what sincere means? I mess up, I give it to God. Sincere means I'm on my knees in prayer, praying for my family, praying for the right decisions, praying for my kids, that I'm willing to speak the truth to them in love. Truth means sometimes discipline, you know? That's stuff that's not fun. There are so many things. I am thankful. I am thankful for the godly heritage that I have. I'm thankful for my mother. I'm thankful for my kids and my husband, my family. And you guys, I don't, again, your story may be vastly different from mine. And that is okay. Because God loves you. God knows your story, and he wants to help you write your story. So if you'll stand with us today as we get ready to close, we're going to sing a song that, I don't know, I feel like it could just become the anthem for Mother's Day. (laughs) The blessing, and it is straight from Scripture. And as we're singing this today, we want to just sing it over you and sing a blessing to your families. Yeah. Uh-huh.
Amen. Amen. Come here. I'm going to ask my boys if they'll come. And I want you to get with your families if your family's close by. Dustin, Jenna, get with Mo there. And Jason, you put that guitar down to go stand with your family, right? Because I want you to pray with your family for your family. Where are you going? Come here. That's the, there you go. Look at me and my mama. It's Mother's Day. I get it. Get it. But I want us to pray for our families. And maybe you say right now, I'm not with my family. It's okay. You can, wherever they're at right now, God's there. Right? That's the great thing about God. He's everywhere that we can't be. And and so so right now we can pray over our families, over our sons and our daughters. We can pray for our moms and our dads. We can pray over our families wherever they're at. So I want us to do that now. So just gather up. Father, we thank you. We thank you for our families. We thank you, God, that there are people, Lord, who have gone before us to pour into our life. We thank you, Father, that there are people, Lord, who grandmothers and mothers, grandfathers and fathers, and there was aunts and uncles and people, Lord, who took the time to pour into our life, that prayed for us, that called our name out, that disciplined us and, and even those difficult times father where where maybe there were tears lord you work in every bit of this and so lord i pray right now over our homes i pray over our marriages make our marriages strong i pray father for marriages lord that we can find forgiveness in relationship that we can learn to forgive each other and heal even if the the hurt is deep Father, your love is deeper and your power is stronger. And so we plead your power over our families now. We plead your blood over our relationships now. We pray, God, that you would touch our children, Lord, that you would minister, Lord, into their life and into our homes. Let us lead, Father, by example, Lord, and not just tell them things, but, Lord, let them see us pray and hear us pray. Lord, let them see us when we lean into you in difficult times and when things are chaotic, Lord, let them see us trust you and so father i pray god that you would let us be the parents that we need to be i pray father that grandparents lord would be able to have words of wisdom and words father to guide their their children and so lord we pray over our families we pray blessing over our families now we pray god that what is true that you have set inside of young men and young women lord we call that truth out of them we call that truth, that potential inside of them, Lord, to be reality. Father, that's what we pray now. We pray that over our families, over our children. And we thank you, Father. We thank you for this gift. We ask your blessing on it now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now listen. We're about to close 